Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy lives. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today, we have a wonderful lady from Atlanta, ATL. She's yes. blessed us with her presence. Um, I first came across her page because um, I did an interview with the Broke Black Girls, and then she tagged me and you in a post. Mm-hmm. And yes, I went through your, your, your page. I was like, yes. <laughs> She's loving me. You actually hit me up. So I was like, oh, like it was just, it was, it was, yeah, aligned. So please tell the audience a bit about yourself and about the mum dynasty and the ethos surrounding your page, your podcast. She is gorgeous, guys. Her face oh my gosh. Please tell, tell the audience a bit about yourself. Yes. Well, hello, mamas. My name is Brittany. Um, I go by Miss Britt the Boss. It's my little alias name that I gave myself just to fully walk into my purpose. And I'm like, okay, so who, if whoever I want to be, the woman that I'm growing into, she's the boss all the way around. So I pretty much revamped everything once I started figuring out what my purpose is outside of motherhood and come to find out it's just to help mothers motivate themselves share my experiences that I went through being a young mom first time mom a mom to step kids just the whole transition for everything and I went through a lot of ups and downs and wanted to just share my experiences and be like hey maybe there's some other mamas out there going through the same thing so that's how the mom dynasty was created and that's what I'm really about motivating us to rediscover and reclaim our identity outside of motherhood. Why did you say mom dynasty? It reminds me of the the program dynasty with all the glamorous women. Because I'm half Asian, so I wanted everything to have because you know we people talk about they building their empire, um, they're building their generational wealth or whatever. Well, in the Asian community, it's called dynasties. We don't have empires, we have dynasties. So in your history, you have like the Ming dynasty, the Yin dynasty, all of those big empires and those big movements. So I wanted to incorporate both sides of me, which I am black, I'm half Asian. So the dynasty just kind of fit in. So everything that I do, it's a dynasty to it. So like my lash company is called the lash dynasty. And then we have the mom dynasty. So I kind of keep that intertwined. Nice um, on one of your posts, you um, mentioned about motherhood and perfection. Why do you think that so many moms want to be the perfect mom? And also, do you think that it actually exists? Because I know obviously you, you help motivate moms. You, you, you're, you're like a coach, you've got your own podcast, but in regards to our desires to search for perfection, do you honestly think it actually exists as, as a mother? No, it does not. There is no such thing as a perfect mom. And I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. So I am a perfectionist, really. I'm working on understanding that nobody is perfect. No, there's no perfect woman. There's no perfect mom. There's no perfect wife. There's no perfect friend, daughter, sister. You can't reach perfectionism. It's this image, an idea I think that society has put in our head where we see social media moms, we see celebrity moms, 
And we think that, oh man, if I'm not doing what she's doing, or if I'm not doing that, I'm not a good mother. I'm not giving my kids the best. I'm not fulfilling. I'm just terrible. And so we try to reach these unattainable goals, really, or unrealistic goals um, or visions of ourselves. So I really try because I struggle with it. So I try to share my experience of how to stop being in your head and to know that you're not perfect and it's okay not to be perfect. But as long as you're doing the best that you can, what's better than your best? Like what's better than the best of something? And that's what I actually did an interview with um, Don Dixon. And she said that to me, what's better than your best? Like ask yourself, if I'm really trying my best, then how can I even obtain to be better? Because I'm giving my best. So I, that really resonated with me and that really has helped be a reminder when I do find myself comparing myself to other mom, comparing my son to other kids, comparing to comparing my parenting skills and just comparing my business, everything. When I start getting into those moments, I have to stop myself and say, Brittany, you're doing the best you can. Are, yeah, are you okay with what you're doing? And if that's a yes, then psh, it is what it is. <laughs> Definitely, because I shared on my platform before that, as especially being a single mother, it's like you already feel like your inner critic is there, always criticizing you, saying you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, because you're the, the sole decision maker. You don't have anyone to really bounce off of. Now, I remember there was a particular time my son was invited to a kids party, and for some reason there's a sock monster in my house. I don't know why I always lose the socks. Yeah, anything else I can find. But Girl, everybody loses the socks. It's the socks and the forks for me. It's socks and forks. We can't find a fork and we can never find socks. <laughs> so, so we were invited to this party and I think I put like a green sock on my son's leg and then a red sock thinking to myself, oh, nothing. Let's just go get out of the house. So as soon as we got to the party, they said to us, oh, no shoes. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> So there my son was, he took off his shoes and he's got the red sock and the green sock. And I was just in my inner critic started telling me, ah, oh, Khalifa, you're a single mom. Everyone there's married. They're going to judge you. As soon as we walked into the living room, the sitting room, some mothers, they, their kids had holes in their socks. <laughs> <laughs> some kids didn't even have socks on. Some people had like just like blue and red socks. And it was so weird that for that split second from walking from the, from the door to the sitting room that I just was my inner critic was like why can't you find the socks what kind of mother are you you know it was so loud and the reality the reality is that everyone is just trying to do this thing called life whether we have a green sock and a blue sock so long as your child has something on that's what is actually important so um yeah when 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 I hear about moms wanting to be perfect I'm like there's no if if we had perfect parents therapists will be out of work and exactly <laughs> exactly and being a single mom too because the I'm not with the father of my uh of my child mm -hmm. so being a, really a single mom because we're, we're not I'm not married just yet so I'm still technically a single mm -hmm. a single mother there is that pressure too because you do feel that everyone's already looking at you a certain type of way they're already expecting you to not have it all together they're already saying oh we'll see if he had that or if you had a man in your life this would be better that so that pressure i feel it completely because mm -hmm. i i still have it i still experience it and that's why every mom that's listening 
just know we're all figuring this out like together. There's no rule book. I know you see things on social media that may give you tips on parenting and suggestions on how you should do this and how you should do that, but there's no general rule book to motherhood. We are all just on the job training. Like, here you go. As soon as you give birth to your child, it's like, just throw you on the job and you figure it out. Yeah. So um, I wanted to find out for you, why do you think people view children as a setback at times to their careers and not as a motivation? Because I think that there was a post that you, you put up yeah. not too long ago in regards to that and it kind of spoke to me. So why do you think that is that people view children as a setback at times? I feel as though that honestly is a generational curse that has been passed down to us. Um, we saw, well, for me personally, I saw my mom, my grandma, and my great grandma pour everything into their kids and put themselves completely on the back burner. So that was put into my head that when you have a kid early, it sets you back. You can't do this. You can't do that. Your life is on hold. You're going to just take a thousand. It's going to be a thousand times harder to get to where you have to be. You have to adjust everything. And it's just a negative connotation that they put in your head from generations of taking those hardships and taking children as if you're not completely focused on them and completely 100% a mom 24-7, then you're not a good parent. And then you, your kid's not getting the best version of you. So that really is where I feel it comes from. And for me, that also motivated me to even start my podcast and start talking to moms about that as because I... I couldn't sit well with that. Like once I had my son, I tried the mom cycle. I did stop everything. I did go and get a job and make sure that it was where I could advance in a career, where it was safe, where I made good money. And I was going to work, coming home, being a mom, going to work, coming home, being a mom. And I was not present. I wasn't happy. And I pretended to be happy. People looking at me probably thought that I was just so excited to be a mother and living my best life but deep down I was just lost and I saw my mom raise all three of us and I'm the oldest and I see her now that my youngest brother is graduated out of high school and my brothers are doing their own thing her kind of lost trying to figure out who she is outside of kids mm. I felt the the guilt of leaving her in California because we moved all the way to California together and then I met my boyfriend and moved back to Atlanta with my son. And it was the guilt of, you left me, you left your family, you left your mom. And that played really heavy on my heart because we're a really tight-knit family. Mm. And because of her lack of identity in herself and her purpose and who she was outside of motherhood, that attachment to me was far what a mother and daughter connection should be it was yeah. I couldn't live my own life I couldn't become my own person without her I couldn't make my own decisions without her I couldn't do anything without her and so seeing that and feeling that I didn't want my son to feel that way mm -hmm. I want him to grow up and be his own person and live his own life and know that in order for us to have a healthy relationship I have to know who I am outside of motherhood and in order for me to do that I can't give up on myself. And, yeah. and I saw a post from Taraji P. Henson. It was one where she was accepting an award. And she spoke on how can she teach her son to not give up, to overcome obstacles if he saw mom do it. Mm. 
And that hit me like right in the chest. Like, man, how can I teach and raise a resilient kid if I gave up because I became a mom and I listened to everybody else and I didn't make my own way or say, you know what, I'm just going to do it and just pour into myself and still make, and I'm not going to sacrifice being a good mom in the process. So that's, I think in summary, <laughs> generational curses have been passed down to us and I'm just trying to break those and yeah. break the cycle. No, you're completely right. And I think oftentimes you see um, when, especially with mothers that have sons and that they haven't carved out their life for themselves, like they have that empty shell syndrome and they meddle into their son's relationships. You can always tell the, the mothers that yes. can't let go of their, their son. Like nothing They make their they son get. their husband. Yeah, <laughs> they, marry their, they marry their children indeed. And yeah, they just make make sure that because I have a girlfriend that's gone through it as well. Like the, the mother-in-law was just complete headache. Nothing. She couldn't even make egg correctly. And who gets egg wrong? You know. Right. Like, so she was just meddling in their relationship because she just didn't have her own life. You know, she didn't have her own life, and it is it is sad. I think oftentimes. Um, we we as women especially we 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 have to the, the society makes us have to pick career or your child and why can't we have both and why can't we have a healthy balance right because that's all what it's about that's the key word balance it's all yeah. about balancing it and not sacrificing we're feeling that motherhood is so self-sacrificing like you have to give up everything yeah. to be a good mom and I want to change that dynamic and change that narrative um on motherhood really definitely did the, did the pandemic affect your parenting at all or do you feel like you parents parents are you more patient because it taught me patience no I'm not <laughs> I, I am trying my hardest I really am I'm with my son 24 7 I work from home yeah we homeschool I see him every single freaking day, 24 hours of the day. And the pandemic did put that in there because he was going to daycare before, before yeah. it hit. So um, it made me prioritize better. I, those are the positives. I'm better with prioritizing balance. And what has really helped me with is my mom guilt. Because uh -huh. even now, he can still kind of trigger my guiltiness of, your mommy, you're working, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm like, I'm here with you. Am I not giving you enough attention? So he's really been helping me with balancing my mom guilt and saying, no, I know I'm doing my best. I'm trying to do so many things, but hey, I'm working on it. And all I could do is take it one day at a time. So focusing on one day at a time, that's what it's definitely taught me. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yes. Honestly, it taught me, it taught me patience. It taught me the fact that, um, some of the things that my son's teacher was saying before the, the pandemic happened about his concentration. And I just thought she was just being a cow. I was like, oh, this woman doesn't like my son. But when I had to teach him myself, I was like, ooh, <laughs> she was right. Girl. This woman was right. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I don't know how these teachers do this with more than one child. Because yeah. me with one, I'm like, dude, are you just, I guess, I don't what are we doing yeah, no teachers teachers oh they need to put some respect on teachers names honestly I respect teachers now because I, I yeah I couldn't I couldn't do it It was too hard too hard for me <laughs> too too hard so I was going to Archie please tell me a bit about your blog because you talk a lot about postpartum depression and I think it's something that a lot of women need to 
we, we need more awareness because um, there's a bit of a stigma surrounding it as well but we need more awareness we need more people to speak on it so when I saw it on your um, on your blog and the fact that you, and on your podcast as well the fact that you've experienced it you're at the other side of it please tell a little bit about tell us a little bit about that please Yes. Well, I have to update my blog because <laughs> I was trying to revamp it um, and I totally lost track of it. But yeah, um, I do speak on postpartum depression. It really means a lot to me because I experienced it and I was in and for really about two years after I had my son and didn't even know it. Because when you go to the doctor and they ask you after you have the baby, are you experiencing extreme sadness where you want to kill yourself or kill your child or do anything harmful and those are really extreme so i was like no 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 well i guess if since i don't have those extreme symptoms then i'm not depressed so okay fine but looking back and as i've grown and recognized what depression really is i literally cut all my hair off after i had my son like shaved it bald this is like two years of just growing it out i shaved it completely bald and dyed it blonde that was my first sign something was wrong with me i've always had long hair if I did cut it, it would come maybe to my shoulders, but I never went completely bald, shaved, and just yeah. totally different. So when I did that, my confidence went down. I withdrew from my friends. I stopped doing normal routine stuff that I would normally do or enjoy. And I just went into the mom cycle, like I said previously, of working and coming home. When I looked at that and realized what depression actually was, I was like, man, hold up, wait a minute. Maybe I am experiencing something. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not all the way okay. And what really hit me was when I would come home and I wasn't really connected with my son when he was a baby. I worked, I had to go back to work when he was four weeks um, as I was a single parent. His dad wasn't involved and it was just me and my mom. So my mom watched him during that first year and I went right back to work when he was four, uh, four weeks old. He luckily didn't breastfeed for very long and he apparently I didn't produce enough for him. So he wasn't getting full. So he was able to go on formula in the bottle and my mom would be with him. And when I would come home, he would be asleep. So I didn't get to pretty much bother with being a mom. And I kind of like that. I wasn't, I didn't have a moment I feel after pregnancy to take in what just happened and what this big transition happened. I went right back to work and I just shunned all everything away. So when I finally realized and recognized like Brittany, something's really not wrong, something's really not clicking or not right. Why are you not feeling connected to your son? Why do you not feel these happy motherly emotions that you're supposed to be feeling? And expressing that to my mom, she didn't go through that. So it's like, what, you don't feel connected? It looks like you said, it's a stigma of if you experience postpartum depression, like why are you, going through those feelings this is the happiest moment of your life you brought life into this world you should be happy with your baby at all times and in reality that's just not it so as i did my research i was like man brit you really have been going through it you really are experiencing some experiencing some different type of mental breakdowns and you need to get that addressed so um i think the biggest thing that helped was when i recognized that and then from there i started finding things that i was interested in and finding and starting to do things that i liked and my biggest i guess wake up moment or what really pushed me to go and get help and go and start therapy and really start my healing journey was when i moved back to atlanta i was able to 
cut off the crutch of my mom being there and being that support system that I could give my son to. And I completely became a mother on my own and had to be in parenting full time on my own without an outlet or without a crutch. Yeah. And when I did that, and when, um, like I said, me and my boyfriend, we share five kids together, being around his kids and having everyone together, it kind of overwhelmed me. And I started to get angry. I started to pick fights. I started to have these different triggers that I didn't know existed. And so it really pushed me at that moment, just separating from everybody and being on my own to, to see that, man, Brittany, you really need to get to talk to somebody about what's really going on with you. So I started therapy and that was the best decision of my life. Mm. Started seeing a therapist, started reading books and just recognizing all of my traumas that I just hid for my entire life. And not realizing that motherhood will bring out sides of you that you didn't even know existed in yourself. It'll make you face different parts of you that you try to hide or like I said, didn't even know existed. So this journey has really been hard. It's been long. It's been challenging, but it's also been beautiful. I've been able to discover a woman that I saw in my head and in my dreams, but didn't think I could actually become her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that becoming a mom would put me in that path because I was like, I'm not having kids until I'm almost 30. If I have kids, you know, I wanted to have my little two-seater Mercedes with a dog and call it a day and live my best life. But when God gave me my son, he knew that that's what I needed at that moment in my life. And he was the biggest pivot point for me. And going through postpartum depression, it allowed and overcoming it allowed me to want to open up to other moms to say, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Like, yeah, don't feel that it's, you're a bad person or you're a bad mom or you you're not meant to be a mother because you're not completely happy or because you feel lost or sad those are all normal feelings being overwhelmed is normal yeah. needing a break is normal people mothers especially need a break and need to be okay with saying hey i need help especially single moms because we can have a sense of pride of wanting to prove to people that we can do it and yeah. prove that I don't need help. Everybody's always already looking at me like I'm going to fail. So I need to prove everybody wrong. And that sense of pride, I had it. I still have it. Sometimes it can hinder you and it only makes you worse. It doesn't make anything better. So don't be a prideful mama. It's okay to say I need help and that, hey, this single mom stuff is hard and somebody needs to come and rescue me or someone needs to come and help me, even if you don't have an immediate family or friends, there's a lot of support groups now. And that's what I really want to build the mom dynasty into to be that place for people that can't go to family, that can't go to friends. And they really feel like they're in this by themselves to come and connect with a community of women that can uplift them and encourage them. And like I said, we're all on this journey together. That's brilliant. Um, I saw one of your um, podcasts and it says, you help, how, how can a mom get her shit back? <laughs> how do you... <laughs> so after they've established that there's a problem, how do you um, educate them to get their shit back? Please tell me. Man, just do it. Get out of your head. Yeah. Stop overthinking it. Stop procrastinating. That was my biggest thing. And stop talking yourself out of 
the future you don't even know. Mm. Fear is a big thing. Fear is something that if you think about it, fear isn't physical. It cannot grab you. You can't touch it. You can't hold it, but mm. it will, it feels so strong that it would keep you in one position your entire life because yeah. you're afraid of the unknown. So the first step to getting your shit together is owning your shit and owning, okay, this is what I want to do. Let me just do it and get out of my head and, and figure it out along the way. And I honestly have to tell myself that every single day is be, being like you doing podcasts is building your business. It's hard being in social media and not feeling the social media blues of, oh my gosh, this didn't get the likes I wanted. Oh my gosh, this isn't getting the engagement I wanted. I'm not getting this many downloads. I'm not getting this and not getting that. My stuff is not good enough. Nobody wants to listen to me. We all experienced it. But the, the purpose of walking in your purpose mm-hmm. is far greater than likes. It's far greater than comments or shares. The feeling of knowing that you're doing something that you are supposed to be doing, that God put inside of you and you're actually walking in that path and you're walking in that journey. That's a fulfillment and a feeling that I want every mother to feel because there's nothing like it. It's nothing like showing up for yourself, the gratitude and just the feeling proud to say, Hey, I did that. I created that. I made that. I studied that. So how do you think mothers can become more confident? Because you're exuding so much confidence and obviously it's taking you time to get where you're at. How do you, so, yeah, so how do you teach women how to to get more confident and believe in their dreams, believe in their aspirations, believe that they can do this single mummy thing? Where where can you, yeah, where do we get our confidence from? It all starts with your mindset. Mindset is the is the hardest thing to change. Trust me, you don't. You're not going to become confident overnight, and it's something that is not going to stay with you forever. I think we have unrealistic expectations when it comes to this confidence that once you get there, you're going to always be there and you're going to always stay there. So the moment that you reach reality and you go through your moments of feeling confident, and then you hit that real life, and it takes you down some, you give up and you're like, oh man, well, this is why I never did it in the first place because. X, Y, Z. So understanding what confidence is, it's a constant thing you have to continue to work at and continue to build. And it's, it's really just starting in your mindset. You have to get out of your own way. For me, it was just uploading my first podcast episode and not caring how it sounded, not caring that I didn't have the perfect audio, not caring that I didn't have an intro, not caring that I had no idea what the heck I was doing or where it was going to land or who was going to listen, but just doing it and learning along the way. And doing that was my first step to saying, okay, well, I did it. Here you go. Yeah. And then I saw people's feedback and I'm like, oh, well, man, people do kind of like it. So then there, that deposited another little confidence coin into me to do it again. But once you just have to do it, you just have to say, you know what, self, I'm just going to do it. And post it person close the laptop shut your phone off and walk away (laughs) yeah no honestly you're so right in regards to in in regards to that because I remember when I first started the podcast I only I've only been podcasting for a year and it was just kind of like an emotional download and my friends said to me I should do YouTube I was like no I don't want to be in front of no screen so I just (laughs) said I'm just going to do the podcasting and I was saying to my my friend at the time like oh my god imagine if I get a thousand downloads I will be so happy and um, I'm on 16k downloads now and I get 
DMs all the time from people from and with the with the podcast with the company that I'm with it's called Captivate and you can see where people are downloading your um, podcast from and I'm like oh my god you know I wish I'd even done it earlier because I was so fearful of judgment so fearful of what people would think thinking about oh how am I going to juggle work being a mom and podcasting but I absolutely love it. I love speaking to new people. I love reaching out because I, I was so even I was even afraid of just reaching out to people, asking them if they would come, yes. come and be a guest. Cause I'm like, oh, like why would they even want to speak to me? Like I'm just, you know, a girl from London. Like, why would they want to speak to me? Right. But it's kind of built my confidence. And even Gary, what's his name? He's, he's a, Gary V. Um, yeah, Gary V. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he um he, he had a talk one time and he said that you need to produce more than you consume you know produce more than you consume and that's something that I have I've done um even with the podcast last the first season I I I released like 20 episodes second season I released um 40 and the third one which is this what I'm doing now I'm going to release 80 you know I'm just going to produce more than I consume because I feel like ultimately we're here for a limited time like before we know it and I think kids actually me having my son I realized how quickly time flies because yes. I had a baby and now he's 10 you know so I'm like, if and I it's close, like where did it go <laughs> yeah I know that when I close my eyes he's going to be 20 because time flies especially as parents as well because we're just going through going through life so yeah you just have to gain your confidence and do it even whilst you're afraid even eagles apparently the way in which um eagles teach their babies I don't know little chicks how to fly is that they push them out of the nest Mm -hmm. they push them out of the nest so sometimes you have to push yourself out of the nest yeah that's really and first of all congratulations to Mm. have 16k downloads in just a year that's a huge that's a huge for you you to be balancing motherhood podcasting building the business building the brand I know how hard it is to market it to get it out there to create the content that goes around it i i know firsthand what exactly what you're going through and to have accomplished that in just a year that is awesome um i'm sorry did it exactly so see me my boyfriend was trying to facetime me that's really really awesome khalifa so definitely take the moment i'll clap because that's a I'm all for giving women their flower. I, since I've been seeing that of giving their flowers while you're alive, I'm all for that. So yeah. definitely that's a huge accomplishment. Like congrats yeah. on that. Thank you. Um, I was going to say, how have you found dating then? Because as a single mom, because I know you're in a relationship now. Did you find it difficult finding someone that had, because um, like, I even put up a post today on my social media, there's a guy um, talking about why I don't date single moms and I feel like I've seen even when you go on YouTube um, and you type in single moms there's so uh-huh. many negative things that pop up like there was a guy that even gave like a three-hour talk on why you should never date a single mom and there isn't that much positivity in regards to single motherhood um, on online so as like you 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 meeting your your partner like how have you how did you find dating was it difficult having a child and did you introduce him early or how was the transitional period to where you're at now yeah so it was scary at first um because I went to the same 
mindset that who's going to date me with baggage. I felt that my kids was a baggage and I'm like, no one's going to take me serious and give me the, you know, be the person that they needed. And my biggest fear too was finding a, a father figure with having a son. I didn't want my son to see me with different guys. Like I made that decision from the time I knew that I was pregnant, that whatever this is, boy, girl, they're not going to see different men in and out of their life. They're not going to see me have different men in other me deal with different men. Like I was not going to go for it. So I was prepared to be single for as long as I needed to be um, before, you know, it, I was like, whatever God got, I mean, it is what it is. So when I met um, my boyfriend, it was so weird. I met at the most random place. It was a seminar and he was working at a real estate seminar and I was going trying to find myself and find my purpose. And I'm like, oh, real estate sounds cool. Let me see what that's about. So I go to the seminar and he's there and he ends up taking my number off of the intake form and texting me afterwards. Right. Now I was throwing my little flirtatious vibes, but he didn't say anything. He kept it very professional. So when he texted me afterwards, I was like, wait a minute, are you the black guy? Because there's a lot of other people there and I want to make sure you're the right one. He was like, yeah, I'm the black guy, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, awesome. We went out on a date the next night and we were really started off as friends. Like that's all it was. He traveled. So I didn't expect nothing of it, but it just grew into something. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want him to meet my son until I knew that it was going to be something that was serious. Um, so when he met my son, uh, actually, I moved to Atlanta with him before my son even moved with us. I kept my son in California with my mom because I wanted to make sure, okay, first I want to make sure I had stability and I wanted to make sure that are we building something long-term or are we, is this just for the moment? Because if it's just for the moment, I can't bring my son into something that's just for the moment. I don't need to be in something that's going to be for the long haul so he can see consistency. That's been my biggest thing with raising him. I didn't grow up with a consistent life. So I wanted him to see consistency from somewhere. Um, so luckily he has kids. So that made it a lot better than, you know, meeting someone without kids. Um, it was a lot easier. His kids love Cato. Cato is my son's name. Cato loves his kids. And it's just been a, a learning experience. It's been a big adjustment for me as I go from having one kid sometimes to five kids all together. And I'm like, eh, uh, did I bite off more than I could chew? <laughs> but it's really been just a, an ex a great learning experience. And he's really been a big part in my discovery as becoming the woman I am today as well. He actually became that safe place for me to go through this transformation and go through these transitions in a place that is not judgmental. I'm allowed to have my breakdowns, my meltdowns, my just mind being everywhere. And he puts me back in focus and he puts me back in line with what I'm supposed to do and reminds myself, you know, reminds me of, you know, to stay focused and stay, stay to the goal. So I really appreciate that. And I didn't think I would find that yeah. or have that. I know a lot of mums that actually they, they're waiting, like we mentioned earlier, they're waiting for the child to grow up before they actually start dating. You know, they're so Don't do that. <laughs> oh. You doing that, Khalifa? Is that your story? No, girl, I'm waiting for Elon Musk apparently is single, so I'm ready. <laughs> 
I'm ready. So yeah, I know a lot of moms are just waiting. Either they've they've um haven't done the inner work in regards to healing their heart from their their child's father, yeah. or yeah, or there isn't that much out there. It's quite it's quite hard dating actually nowadays because I think it that really is. yeah, I think that oftentimes where so I call our generation like the Uber Eats generation, you get everything so quick and yeah, a lot of men don't really, yeah, a lot of men don't really understand what a long-term relationship looks like because they haven't seen it, they're not stable um, financially, they're not stable emotionally, they haven't done the inner work as well, so I feel like it's like finding two broken pieces and trying to like push them together. So it's, I think that's why there's been a lot of breakdown in relationships that I know of personally as well, like even yeah. marriages. So I think that up until the time that you do the inner work and the person that you're with has already done that inner work, that's when relationships can actually start, it can become a seed for it to grow. But nowadays people just want... Just... Quick, fast. And, and I was honestly that person. I want to get my boy, he's seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. So he's been there, done that relationships. 10 times over he's technically my first relationship outside of high school like I my last real serious where I was someone's girlfriend I was 18 years old and then I got pregnant at 20 and had my son at 21 and the relationship with me and his father was a situationship it wasn't anything really really serious per se and we just happened to you know have a kid so meeting uh, my boyfriend now I was in the same mentality. I thought that we were supposed to get to A to Z in 30 days. (laughs) I thought that this was quick. It was fast. I didn't need to work on myself. I'm already perfect. So when he started exposing my imperfections, I was like, hold up, sir. Um, This is not what I signed up for. This is not what relationships are supposed to be. But a lot of us don't understand, and it's just our generation too, relationships take work. It takes time. It's not perfect. You have good moments, but there are those moments where you do want to throw in the towel. And I think with our generation, we're not used to overcoming that obstacle. Once a challenge hits, we peace out. Okay, I can just go find somebody else. And that's just that how society has made it for relationships. You can if you don't like one thing about a person, you're going to go find somebody else. And what I had to learn with our relationship is and what's really helped is me taking accountability Mm. And I was a very victimized person. I was very tunnel of my way, my feelings, my perspective, my, 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 that I never looked from his point of view. I didn't even care of his point of view if he wasn't doing what I thought he should be doing for me. If he wasn't saying the things that I wanted him to say right then and there or do right then and there, he didn't love me. He's not the man for me. This isn't going to work. I'm leaving you. So he's really put up with a lot of me because I really, I haven't made it easy because of the mindset that I have being in my generation of wanting it now, 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 and that satisfaction. And then learning too that, you know, the sparks aren't always there 24 seven. It's not this romantic flowers and chocolates every single day. Like that's not reality. And just Taking accountability, being just real with myself and just coming in tune with reality has been my biggest learning lesson in the relationship. Then, like I said, it's been a great journey. And I think mama is just, if you attracting the same type of man, then you got to check your inner self because you are what you attract. And that is something that we don't want to face or kind of come to grips with, but it's really true. If you're attracting the same type of person, 
sometimes it's time to take a look and say, okay, so what am I giving off to keep attracting this same type of man into my life? If I'm contract attracting inconsistency, not mature, just a deadbeat guy, what am I giving off that pulls that into my circle versus pulling the man that I want to have into my circle and into my presence? What is it? So once you kind of have to have that hard conversation of accountability and say, okay, what is it that I'm giving off? That will also be a pivotal moment to attract better men and men that are more on your level and more compatible. They may not be perfect, but you guys will fit better to do, like you said, build together. Build together, yeah. Grow exactly. together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, I always say to people, relationships are like a mirror. You need to like what's looking back at you because you yeah. picked that person. <laughs> yeah. And I, I spoke to um, uh, um, someone a couple of days ago. I had a Zoom call with a chap called Jer- Jeremiah. And he said something that was so profound. He said that write out a list of what you don't like, especially like in a relationship, for example, um, or what your past relationship was like. Um, And then he said, then turn the page. So you write it out on one page, you turn the page, and then you write out what you want. I think oftentimes women don't know what they want. We like who likes us. We like who likes us, but we don't know what our needs are from a relationship or what, what... what are love languages? You need to know your love language. Yes. You need to know your attachment styles. You need to know what your triggers are. So, like you said earlier, if you don't do the inner work, it's, you're just going to attract. You just any- out here. Yeah. Yes, that you're just out here, and then that's why people say it's just nobody's good to choose from. Exactly. But what pool are you swimming in? <laughs> exactly. And you have to remember, if you're a light, especially if you leave a window open and, and you've got a light on, there are moths that fly towards it. Yes. <laughs> you know. So you have to you have to know what kind of thing you're attracting because as women we have a we're nurturing we're loving so don't let someone come come into your life and take a piece of you like a cake and walk off with it yeah you know they have to be able to add some cherry on top right (laughs) add a little whipped cream to it (laughs) so what tips do you have for moms to live their best life Man, start putting yourself first, start saying no, and stop sacrificing everything. Stop sacrificing so much where you're left with nothing. If you're going to give your energy to your kids, your fiance, your spouse, your partner, your job, your business, make sure all that energy that you're delegating everywhere else, that you're pouring it back into yourself. Because there's if we keep the train running, which is what we women do, we keep the train going, we keep everything together. If that goes down, everything goes down. But we don't put that together like, okay, let me make sure I'm showing up for myself and being the best version of me. I'm energized, I'm healthy, I'm doing what I need to do. So that way I can give that to everyone else and be that mom, be that wife, be that spouse to everyone. Once you start setting your boundaries, Good, like you said, writing out what it is you exactly to the T what you want, how you envision your life, what you want your life to be. I spoke with um, a mom today and she talked about um, giving your, the woman that you want to see, give her a name. What's her name? What's her personality? What's her, what, what does she like? What's her color? What, who is she? Create an identity and then every day start walking already like you are her start okay so if she's this boss confident woman 
I have to walk like that. I have to be this boss, confident woman, right? Affirmations. I'm really big on affirmations. That's really helped me so much. Even when I feel my lowest, I just pop in some affirmations. Um, a good one is from Alana Fox on YouTube. She's a mom as well. And she does a lot of affirmations for mothers and women and women entrepreneurs that are so helpful because the words I am are so powerful. And what follows I am plants into your brain, into your seed, what you feed your brain and what you feed your mind becomes your reality. It is what you, it com- becomes your perception. You create it and you bring it to life. So if you're constantly saying that you're not good enough, you can't do it. You don't have the resources. You don't have the time. You don't have the money. You just don't have the talent. Then you're going to stay feeling that way and stay in your lowest vibration. But once you change what you t- how you talk to yourself and start saying, I am, I can, I will, it will plant those seeds into your mind and you'll start to believe it. You'll start to say, okay, I can do it. That confidence will start to, to come because you're feeding that into yourself. So definitely change how you talk, write down your purpose and write down how you want to see your life and then just do it, mama. And I promise you, your life will be the best. I promise. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, I just have one more question. How big do you want my hat to be when I come to Atlanta for your wedding? Look, I don't even know if I want my wedding to be in Atlanta. It's a little too hot for all that. And I low-key want to be bougie and be on like a little nice little island somewhere. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but it's going to be bomb. Like, it's going to be an ext- I always wanted to, an extravagant wedding. It mm. may not be as big as I dreamed in my little fairy tale because I've kind of condensed on, you know, who I actually want to come and condense all that down. But it's still going to be bomb. So, girl, you'll be on the flight here. <laughs> you can have the biggest hat. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Miss Brit the Boss. That's M-S-B-R-I-T-T, the boss. The Mom Dynasty is everywhere on Apple, iTunes, all the Android phones. You can get access to it and listen and download I just started the um, Instagram page for it called The Mom Dynasty. So you can go and follow. And that's where I'll be, y'all. Come come chill out with me. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. You have been so refreshing. Thank you so much for all the advice you've given. Thank you, Khalifa. I had so much fun. I really (laughs) appreciate it.